so with that, let us turn um, to the book of First Corinthians. Book of First Corinthians, the fifteenth chapter, and the first verse. First Corinthians, um, fifteen one. So, and obviously this is a, a humongous oversight on my part, um, but probably the most prominent of all um, during my time out has been the deacons. They've been taking over the service um, while I've been out, and I do want to thank you all deacons for all of your work that you did. Amen. Amen. First um, Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And what we're going to do is read from the first verse. When you have it, say amen. amen. If you still need some time, say wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, all right, amen. Amen. I'm trying to get my notes together and God worked it out in the nick of time. First Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the first verse um, reads as follows. It says, now I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand. The title for today is simply this, the gospel. The gospel. You may be seated. You may be seated. There, um, there was a time that my wife and I went to um, Office Depot. And uh, we went to Office Depot to actually get some signs made for, for here. Um, some of you might notice the signs coming in, um, welcoming, uh, welcoming you into the building. And uh, we were going to get them made. And so we needed one, uh, you know, a sign that was 24 inches by 36 inches. 24 inches across, 36 inches down. And, and if we got that size, it would fit exactly into, you know, the holder. So we went to Office Depot and, and got it, and then we asked them to print it. And... Um, the girl there was saying that, um, okay, in order to print it, you have to kind of trim it a little bit. Okay? You have to trim it, trim that 24 by 36 down. We said, okay. And so the first time that she trimmed it, we got it and we didn't measure it or anything. We took it and, and put it up on the sign and it was, there was a huge gap. And, and we thought, oh, she, she cut it too much, okay? So we took it back and, and we said, hey, you know, this was cut the wrong way. You know, we, we need this to be done again. And uh, if my memory serves me correctly, she cut another one. And we measured it while it was there and we noticed that it was very, very short. It was about an inch short. 
And, and, and we said, what in the world is going on? And so when we had to go back again so she could cut it again, we said, don't cut it until we're there. We want to see you cut it down. And so um, if some of you are able to see on the screen, this is a uh, measuring tape. What was happening is when you use a measuring tape, you have to cut it or you have to use it from the beginning. What we learned was that this girl started her cut at the one inch mark. And we said, well, that's not, we challenged her and we said, that's not, that's not correct. What are you, what, what not? She said, well, no, and, and I'm being very serious, y'all. This is not a joke. She said, no, that's how you measure it. You have to start at one. And I said to myself, because I didn't want to embarrass her, but I said, how do you get this job? And specifically this department, and you don't know how to measure. That, that's, that's basic, right? You, you should have some basic skills in order to be able to do your job well. And I say this because, especially on days like this, this is a, days like this is a good Days like this are a good reminder to us Christians that sometimes we need to go over the basics. Yeah, yeah, some of us need to be reminded about what the gospel actually is. And so that is what the topic is today. What is the gospel? What is this gospel? What is this thing that we constantly preach and we talk about preaching over and over and over? What is this gospel? Well, that is the question that uh, uh, Paul was addressing with the Corinthians. Uh, what was happening with the Corinthian church was that uh, uh, the church, the Christians in that church we're saying that there is no resurrection from the dead. And y'all can read it too, y'all Sunday school teachers, y'all, y'all read it too. They were saying they had believed this, this teaching uh, that was coming uh, mainly from outside and, and kind of got filtered in the church, uh, that, that it is impossible, illogical even, to have a resurrection of the dead. I mean, especially in Greek culture, uh, uh, the spirit was good and the body was evil. So, so it, helped, uh, it helped this new Christian teaching to kind of mix in with what we had been taught for so many years. And y'all know that, 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 you know, we as a church, sometimes we like to uh, try to convert and distort the word of God, you know, to make sense with what we've learned outside of the word of God. Uh, we have a tendency to do that. 
So, so Paul is, 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 is kind of like freaking out. And in verse 12, he actually says, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain. And so is your faith. The entirety of everything that is preached from this book depends on this event that Jesus rose from the dead. For all of those who hate Christianity, if you want to get rid of Christianity, this is how you do it. Prove that Jesus did not raise from the dead. They have been trying this for thousands of years. And you know what happens to them? Some of them end up Christians. This is the way to destroy Christianity, is to get rid of the resurrection. So, so Paul um, is saying this in verse 12, and, and, and this is the question he's building up to. This is what he's learned about. So this is why he starts off this chapter uh, 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 talking about, uh, and this is the first part of the gospel, the death of Jesus Christ. The death. So part one of the gospel is the death of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.3 says, For I passed on to you, as most important, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Jesus paid the price for our sins. Our sins were worthy of death. Our sins condemned us before a holy God. But Jesus took those sins and died on the cross in our place. That is a crucial uh, part of the gospel, is that Jesus took our sins on the cross. Christ died for our sins. Now, now, I know what it says here, but Paul, this is a, a, a bit of a loaded statement here. Because if I were to read this, and this is all I read, I can just keep on sinning and sinning and sinning. Because, you know, Jesus paid it all. Right? Right? That, that, if I read it just like that, right? And, and you know, there are so many Christians that believe this today. Oh, it got real quiet, I know. Um, so many of us think that we are okay to sin, that God accepts it, that, that, that we're fine to, to, to keep uh, getting drunk and, and, and getting high and, and, and messing around and, 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 and cheating and stealing. It's okay to do it because Jesus loves us. He died for our sins. And we're walking around thinking that's okay. But see, that's why you have to read the, the whole scripture. 
Because this is a loaded statement. Not only did Christ die for our sins, but, but Christ died for our, to take away our sinful self. Romans 6, 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless. Oh, Lord. Rendered powerless. You know, some of us, oh, this wasn't in the sermon, Lord, but uh, some of us, you know, <laughs> you know, we, we just can't beat our urges, huh? You know, we, we think God made us a certain way and we just got to sin because, you know, we, we got to be with that boy or girl because, you know, I got to get that drink because, I got to cuss a blank out because I like it. You should have stayed home one more month. <laughs> but if our old self is crucified, then sin is powerless over us. We are no longer enslaved to sin. So this is the first part of the gospel, is that our old sinful selves must die, not simply be locked up, uh-oh, or beat up. Y'all know Jesus was, was held in, in prison, but that wasn't the whole gospel. Y'all know Jesus was beaten. Wounded for our transgressions. We read that earlier today. But that's not the whole gospel. He died for our sins. What does that mean? We, are, we have to uh, uh, crucify our old selves. We, we, are, we must die. So it's not just that I don't cheat. But the cheater in me dies. He doesn't get just stuffed away. He doesn't just get managed and, and just talked to. He dies. The drunkard in me does not just get kept away and, and managed and held in check while we're around church folk because we all want to look like what we dress. But, 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 but. He is done. He's killed. That is the gospel. It is not a gospel of managing your problems. It is not a gospel of hiding your issues. It is a gospel of putting to death the things that are killing you. Part two of the gospel. We covered the death. Now it's the burial of Jesus Christ. If y'all read in 1 Corinthians 15, 4, the next part says that he was, was buried. Oh, Lord. You know, oftentimes in Reverend Berg's, I'm, and Reverend Wright, I'm going to admit, sometimes I do this too. Oftentimes, when we think of the gospel, we don't really think too much of the burial. You know, we talk about died and then he rose. 
you know, died and then he rose. We, we sometimes will mention the burial, but usually it's about he died, then he rose. But, but God uh, uh, convicted me on this and he said, you know, the dead get buried. The living do not. He said, if your old sinful self has been crucified with Christ, it is dead. Now it's time to bury it. Okay, what am I saying? I am so proud of you, those of you who are over addictions. Some of you have put down the bottle. Some of you have have, have decided uh, 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 not to get high anymore. Whatever it is, you have made the decision. You have made the decision to kill your old self. However, some of us still want to make sure we have access just in case. That means you have to pour that bottle that you got in your fridge out. You can't just say that you, you know, gonna stop. You gotta, you gotta pour them pills out. You, you, you can't just say that you done with old girl or old boy. You gotta delete her number. Oh, Lord. Because if it's really dead, you'll bury it. Uh-oh. 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 This was not the day for me to come back. But see, if it's alive, you, you're just going to keep it around for a rainy day. You're going to keep that number around for a, for a rainy day day. You're going to keep them contacts around, them friends of yours around for a, a rainy day. But if it's dead, you have to bury it. <laughs> Move on. With the tomb, with the grave, when we bury things, I, I, I know that we mourn, I know that we're sad, and, and then when there's like an anniversary or a special day, we tend to come back to the tomb. But we come back just to remember the good times. Once we remember, once we're done remembering the good times, we, the reality sets in that we have to, to move forward, right? And then you leave. You know, a testimony is exactly that, is visiting the tomb. Sometimes we need to remember where we came from. We need to remember and admit that, yeah, it was fun to do such and such. 
Yeah, I loved doing such and such. But that is dead now. And it's time to move forward. See, the problem is not visiting the grave. It's when you start digging up the body. The problem is not admitting that, 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 that you had fun when you were in your college years and doing all the things you did in your college years. The, the, the problem is not admitting that, but the problem is trying to get that back. You know. the, the problem isn't admitting that it felt good to cuss somebody out. But the problem is when you start digging. You can visit the grave, but just know that the body is in the grave and it's time to move on. Move on. Y'all said move on. Okay. And then, so, so we've talked about the death. We've talked about the burial. The last point is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not only did Jesus die for our sins, not only was he buried, uh, but verse 4 says that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. I, I, um, I got checked one time because, you know, I always would like to say, you know, Jesus got up. But actually what happened is he was raised by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? So, so Jesus was raised. He was given life. And, and, and God hit me with that, is that we are given life. We don't have to get it ourselves. What does that mean? When, you, when, you, when something is dead and you bury it, there's obviously some mourning that goes along. And if I could be honest with you. I'm going to be real honest with you. If I could be honest with you, for a good portion in my life, of my life, I really didn't want to be a Christian. Pastor, let me say this real clear. For a good portion of my life, I did not want to be a Christian. I did not want to be a Christian. Why? Because all I could think about was what I buried. I didn't know anything about this new life. 
I didn't know that there were blessings that come with following Christ. I didn't know that uh, uh, Jesus came to give life and to give it more abundantly. I, I, I didn't realize these things. And I know St. John taught these things over and over, but, but, but I, my ears were closed to it. All I knew is what I couldn't do. All I knew is that I couldn't go sleep around. All I knew is that I couldn't go get drunk or high. All I knew is that I couldn't go cuss people out. All I knew is that I couldn't go steal. That's all I knew, but I didn't know what I couldn't do. See, the whole time, I thought I had to go get my life in Christ. I thought I had to go figure it out. I thought God was just calling me to get rid of all the fun things that I used to do. And that now I'm just going to suffer for the rest of my life trying to be a do-gooder. But Christ has, God, God has given us life. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We can love better. We can think better. We can do better. We can be better. Because Jesus lives in the same power that, uh, that, that, that raised Jesus up from the dead lives in us. And I say this to some of you who may be thinking that your, your old life is gone and you don't know what to do. Trust me, God has blessings in store. He has a whole life for you. You will be glad that you follow the Lord. The, the scripture says that whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. There is life. You don't have to go get it yourself. Another way to say this is Jesus rose for us to live a Christian life not simply die a Christian death. That's not the point, y'all. That's not the point. Yes, we've got to die to these things. Yes, we've got to crucify these things. But there is something better than alcohol for you. There is something better than that last boy or girl for you. There is something better than stealing, than, than cheating. There is something better for you. And you don't have to figure it out yourself because you are given this. All you have to do is receive what the Lord has already prepared for you. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But here's something else about the resurrection. Verse, verses 5 through 8. I want y'all to see the word that appears over and over. Verses 5 through 8. Not only did Jesus rise, verse 5. And, he, uh, and that he appeared, say appeared, appeared to Cephas. Okay, Cephas is um, Peter. Then to the 12. Then he, what? Oh, oh boy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. This, this sermon isn't about trying to necessarily prove that he was arisen, but, you know, it's, it's very hard for 500 people, over 500 people, to have a hallucination. Move on, James. Most of them are still alive. Oh, my. You're going you gonna to lie and then tell me to check your sources? Over 500 people, over 500 brothers and sisters at one time, 
Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Verse 7, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Y'all Sunday school teachers caught, caught that? The 12 and the apostles are different? Okay, move on. Verse 8, last of all, as to one born at the wrong time, Paul talking, he also appeared to me. Y'all see appeared pops up over and over, right? So the question is, why did Jesus even have to appear to people? He could have just risen and just been gone, right? Empty tomb and that's it. Why did he appear to people? Jesus appearing to others did not make his resurrection more real. It made it easier to believe. What's going on, James? Y'all realize that Jesus actually rose. Like, he does not need us to validate the fact that he rose. He he rose. (laughs) He he, he did it. it. It happened. You know, no... We don't always have to see what people are doing for us to, Lord, for it to be happening. That's our problem sometimes is we think God ain't working in our lives. God been working in our lives. He just ain't told you. Right? God setting things up. Yeah, you at this bad job or you dealing with this uh, 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 terrible situation, but God is already putting the pieces. He just ain't told you yet. But that's not the sermon. Move on. Jesus appearing to others did not make his resurrection more real. It made it easier to believe. Let me say it like this. The resurrection was never secret. Don't make it secret. Okay. Y'all realize with Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, bunch of others their prophets had visions all by themselves y'all notice that the 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 revelation of God that came to them only came just to them y'all I don't if y'all read like what these other people believe like there's a common factor is it wasn't a whole bunch of people involved it was just one person who got a vision, and now that person is here to tell you. But Jesus appeared to a whole grip of folks. He he wanted it to be very well known that he was alive. Why did Jesus stay on this earth for 40 more days if he's done? He wanted others to know that he rose. If we are followers of Jesus, we want to make it easy for others to believe in the resurrection. If our old self has been crucified and the new self is now here, Make it easy for other people to believe it. Make it visible. 
Let people know that you've changed. But don't just talk about it. Be about it. Love people. Care for people. Have mercy on people. Be gracious unto people. People will see that before, James used to cuss a blank out. But now, James restrains his words. And he has words of affirmation. He has words to build up. Not to tear down. Not to destroy. Let let it be known that James used to need uh, uh, to get high to enjoy a party. But James can come sober and be more fun than he was when he was high. Wait, we can go to parties? Oh my Lord. Let it be known that James doesn't have to cheat and swindle to get his money but that he works a hard and honest job and that he trusts in the Lord with all of his heart and he does not lean on his own understanding and that he knows that if all in all his ways he will acknowledge him and the Lord would direct his paths. Make known that this resurrection wasn't just a historical uh, fact. Make it known that this, is, this isn't just a nice story. Make it known that the resurrection was never intended to be a secret. That Jesus was never meant to be just for for me. Just for me to enjoy. And so, in closing, I say, it's always best to go back to basics. Because when we go back to the basics, we start to realize that the gospel applies throughout our entire lives. There are people that might be here right now who think that things will never change. But look at the gospel. (laughs) You were in a hopeless situation, but God sent his son so that you would be rid of the thing that you couldn't beat yourself and that he gave you new life so that fundamentally, on a fundamental level, things change. Those are the basics. Some of us think we, 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 we uh, uh, have no hope in life, that we're just going nowhere, uh, that, that we're not worth anything, that, that, that God has just passed us over, but he sent his son to die for you on the cross. You have value. You have worth. You have significance. And he died for all of those sins. He died not only just for the sins, but for that sinful self of yours that says you're worth nothing. That sinful self of yours that keeps lying to you. And it was buried. And then what rose up is this new you that looks forward to what God has planned for you. That looks forward to what God can do through you that realizes that even though it looks hopeless, it looks hopeless to me. However, God has a different view. And that this is just a season to go through. Basics. (laughs) The gospel is a basic, basic thing. And it's always best whenever we're faced with anything in life any problem, any struggle, any issue, any confusion, 
go back to the fact that Jesus died and that he was buried and that he rose and he proved he rose and just understand even if you don't even ha- if you don't feel like you have that proof now you definitely will later just hold on 